Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. I want you, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to the book of Joshua. And you know what they say? They say it takes about 10 years to plant and start and grow a good church. And I, I wouldn't have believed that until we planted one. And I can say our church has become a healthy, growing, vibrant local church. Now, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, when they begin to refer to land, that is a shadow and a type and can be of the local church. In the book of Genesis, it is a promise of the land. So God promises to Abraham a land. In Exodus, they begin to leave for the land. And that happened to Becky and I and a team of people 10 years ago that gathered not only from Seattle, not only from around the nation, but even in Ventura. In the book of Numbers, they began to want, or I say this, Leviticus, I need to get the Torah right. In the book of Leviticus, they gave laws to living in the land. In the book of Numbers, they began to wander out of the land. I want to say in the last year, many churches, and we had the propensity to wander outside the land, but I stand before you today because of the spirit, the leadership team, and the scriptures, we have not wandered outside the land, but Deuteronomy is preparing a generation to enter into the land, and today I want us to look at the book of Joshua because God did not take us out to leave us in a wandering position, but he took us out to go in and possess that which God has given to us. Can you say amen? And so today, my goal with us this morning is we celebrate 10 years. I want to look at three chapters in the book of Joshua. I want to look at chapter one, and I want to look back to what we have seen in the last decade. Then we're going to begin to move to chapter three and what we have seen. And then we will go to chapter four and what memorial or remembrance that we will leave. So today, I have just this one goal. I want to look back from what we've seen, but then I want to look, what do we see? see, and we're going to begin to look at Joshua chapter 1, and I'm going to read the first two verses, and I believe this is very, very prophetic and insightful for us as a church and even as individuals. And it says here in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, after the death of Moses, my servant of the Lord, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. I want to read that again. Uh, verse 2, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now arise. I want to say that again. I want you to begin to get that in your thinking. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now 
arise. I want to say not only in the last year is a church, a nation, and even the world, many people have had a death of a vision. We have seen uh, that through the pandemic, death of a vision, a broken heart, or a shadowed valley. And you know what's amazing? What does God say? Now arise. I stand before you. The last 10 years have been great, but I believe it's the end of an era, not only for us as a people, but for the church in the United States of America in the church on the West Coast. And I feel like God saying, Moses now is dead, now arise. You know what that is, people? It is the principle of the cross of Jesus Christ. Where is your heart broken? Where have you experienced uh, death of a vision? Where are you aching or in a shadowed valley? I'm saying now, we have a word of the Lord. Now arise and cross over the Jordan River, you and this people. Can you say amen? amen? And you know what's amazing? I love what he said. He says, wherever, if you read more in chapter uh, one, he says, wherever your feet go, I'm going to begin to give it to you. One thing that we learned during the pandemic is a lot of people started wondering from what the Bible says. You see, when we came to Ventura 10 years ago, we didn't come up with our own plan. There is a blueprint in the scriptures on how the church should be built. You see, when God says, wherever our, uh, your foot goes, I will give it unto you, I have known this scripture for a long time. The first time I read this scripture, true story, I was in a church where I laid eyes on Becky Chauvin. And I had just read that morning, wherever your feet would go, I'm going to give it to you. And I thought, well, I, I, I want to go into her world. So I walked around her seven times. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm naming and claiming, blabbing and grabbing. Come on, girl. And she, she married me. Can you say amen? Now, I want us to get real. I want us to think about this. You couldn't go back to the wilderness and he'd give it to you. You could not go back to Egypt and he would give it to you. You had to go into the promised land. And I stand before you, California needs great, healthy, vibrant, living churches. And that's where we're walking. That's what we're believing for. Can you say amen? And I love what he said in chapter 1. He said, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Can I say right now, there is not a government, there's not a pandemic, there's not an institution, there's not a business or a movement that can ever stop the church of Jesus Christ because our God is with us and for us. I believe the church's best days are right ahead. Amen. And I love what he said. He said, only, say this with me, say only. only. Say it again. Only. Give me one more. Only. only be strong and very courageous. He says it three times. And then I love this. Verse 8, he says, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. I want to begin to reflect what we have seen in the last 10 years. Number one, I would say in the last 10 years, we've experienced the presence of God in a supernatural way. And it's been unprecedented, and we know that. Number two, we have seen a thriving, formidable marketplace ministry like I have never seen. We've also built, and I want you to know it's very dear and near to my heart, we have seen a generation pipeline from city kids to city youth to our Bible college, the best Bible college in the whole nation, California Coast Bible College. Come on. 
How many of you graduated from California Coast Bible College? How many wish you did graduate from California Coast Bible College? Come on. And so not only the college, collective, city Christian, we have built a formidable, again, a generation pipeline. Now hear me. They say you can always tell where a church will be in 10 years by looking at the young people and the young adults and the young professionals. And I say our future is bright because of the pipeline that we have seen God built and you have built in this church. Can you say amen? And we really do believe that. Not only that, we, we see as a church in the last five years, a church that attracted, raised up, and released leaders. I have never seen so many leaders in one local church, but I want to say the greatest thing, and I believe in the next 10 years, our first two years here, we saw more people saved than we've ever seen, and God put it on my heart. He said, you haven't seen anything yet. He said, You're, you and your church have been captains of hundreds, now you will be, see thousands saved and give their heart to Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And that's what we've seen. I want you to now go to Joshua chapter 3. I want you to go to Joshua chapter 3. And I want to now pivot and begin to see what, not just what we've seen, but what do we see? What do we see? And I think the video's great. Seeing my hairstyles are great, but you know what? I, I'm not living life or driving looking in the rearview mirror. There is a bright future for you and I and for us. And there's a role for you to play, and there's a role for me to play. There's a role for us to play. And again, I believe that we are uh, in the beginnings of a new era. And that's why I want us to go to Joshua chapter 3. And I want to read the first five verses. And before I do, I want to just say this. I sense strongly, and I cannot even believe it, in the last year, God began to take us out of a wilderness, if you will, and our feet, or I'll say it this way, our faith is on the edge of the Jordan River, and we're going to begin to cross over in a supernatural way into a new era. This is not just for us. I believe it's for the church on the West Coast. So read with me in Joshua chapter 3. We're going to read the first five verses, and I love this. It says, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from the acacia grove, and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the priests, I want you to really get this. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, of the Lord your God and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Say that with me. Go after it. A little bit louder. And I love that. It says, you will go after it, yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. Get that. You have not passed this way before. I want to say that again. You have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourself. And that's what's happening right now. 
This is not just a celebration of the past. It is a setting apart of a local church. Sanctify yourself. Why? For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders. Now, first of all, it's been really amazing. And I'm going to begin to talk what I see for the future. I love that it said that Joshua rose early. And when you begin to hear that type of language in the Old and New Testament, it begins to represent prayer. Can I say, not only in the last 10 years, we have been a praying people. On Thursday night, something shifted in the summer. That when we came into the parking lot and we begin, began to pray, it says that he, be, he rose early and he began to command the leaders. And he commanded the ark of the presence to go before them. And I'm going to bring some principles out. I want to tell you what I see, and I'm going to use five P words. Number one, I see Pentecost coming. And this is going to be much different than just the presence of God coming and going in a community of faith. You see, Pentecost happened 2,000 years ago, and I don't believe God wants us to repeat it, but I do believe that he wants us to perpetuate it. Do you get me? That we are the church, and we are to continue Pentecost. And I love what he said. You see, there is an order. The priest didn't just go into the Jordan. It was the ark of God that went into the waters. And the, that ark represents the presence of God. I believe right now. We are on the edge of the Jordan River, and I want you to think, what does a river do? A river is an obstacle. A river is a, ba a barrier. You see, one time I was flying from Asia, and we're going over the Pacific Ocean, and I said, Lord, really, why? Why do you have all the oceans and seas? And it came to my mind and heart. He spoke to my mind and heart. He said, Jude, these seas protect people. Without them, the leaders would have tried to take over nation and they would have destroyed one another. He said, I allowed the oceans to protect people. Can I say right now, there has been an obstacle, it seems, between the church and the world. But guess what? Pentecost is going to be perpetuated and we're going to see that barrier removed uh, and that water is going to stand up. It's going to roll back all the way back to Adam. Who started this? Adam did, but God is going to roll it back and we are going to stand in the Jordan River on dry ground with the presence of God. Can you say amen? And we really do believe that. I think another one is prayer. And again, I liked it that the priest went in and they put their feet represent their faith. And the Ark of the Covenant was on their shoulders. And it wasn't just the priests, then it was the Levites, then the leaders. There is an order to way, the way we are going to host Pentecost. And a major order is prayer. We have prayed in the past, but we will pray in an unprecedented way where we're going to begin to see heaven come to California. And California is going to be changed as never before. We are an integral part of a major global prayer movement. 
I want to invite you, if you have not been on Thursday night's prayer, we live stream. It has been sovereign. Last week, we had a woman who had hyperthyroidism healed, a woman with cancer healed, a person who couldn't move their shoulder healed. People, they had a woman who heard voices her whole life since a four-year-old child. We prayed for her. She said instantly in the first time in her life, those voices stopped. Can I say, we are a people who are in the middle of the Jordan. Can you say amen? And not only will we have Pentecost, not only will we have prayer, and this is what I see for the future. You say, what do you see? That we will perpetuate Pentecost. It will, it's continuing. Hey, the Holy Spirit's never ceased. Pentecost has never stopped. It is still happening every day in every church as we are aware of it. Our goal in the next 10 years is to become more aware of the Holy Spirit, to know the Holy Spirit, to recognize the Holy Spirit, and to welcome the Holy Spirit spirit in our church, in our lives, in our family. So we have Pentecost, we have prayer. I really want you to get this, and this is really strong in my heart, what I see for the next 10 years. The last 10 years, and I would say maybe, maybe even beyond when we were still in Seattle, you could begin to see a shift into the body of Christ where there was a worship movement that went across the world from Hillsong to Bethel to Jesus culture to Carrie Job, you name it. And people began to be conference oriented. And I have ministered at many conferences and that will be in the future and I'm for that. But as I stand before us today, not only in the auditorium, but those who are ministering, I mean, or worshiping with us online, I see what I would call a new teaching movement. And I would say it this way, a precept movement. We will not only have Pentecost that is perpetuated, we will not only have prayer, I think it's now time we begin to teach the people line upon line, precept upon precept, that we're going to begin to teach them how do we move in the miraculous, how do we move in healing. Let's go a step further. How about some good old-fashioned Bible study where people are taking notes and it's changing the way they raise their children, the way they give their money, the way they spend their times. Come on. Can I tell you, in 1980, when Jesus found me, I came to Christ in the center of a great teaching movement in the world. They had the word faith movement. They had the precept movement. They had home Bible fellowship movement. You had Chuck Swindoll, Charles Stanley. Can I say, we have been a preaching church, but we're going to also become a teaching church that our people are going to be filled with the Spirit, but they're also going to be well taught of the Lord, and great will be their peace. Come on. Are you hearing me? We are going to begin. You say, well, what do you see with this precept future? I believe we will not just have church on Sundays. Whatever we preach at, we're going to have pop-up Sunday school classes. We're going to have Bible studies in homes. We are going to begin to teach our people. I stand before you. Becky and I are a product, not just a move of the Holy Spirit, but we have been well taught. I'm looking at the day we're living in, coming out of a pandemic, and it's like people have experienced God, they believe in God, they believe in Christ, but they have not been taught the teaching ministry is going to come across this land and people are going to be transformed by Bible teaching. Come on. And I believe that. 
I don't know where you're at. I don't know where your heart's broken. I don't know what shadowed valley you've been in. I don't know if you've had a death of a vision. But can I say sometimes, yes, you need Pentecost in your life. But after Pentecost, as it continues and is perpetuated, we need to be taught of the Lord. I am hungry for the word of God. And there is a famine, and it is not of food. It's not that they shut down the restaurants. It has been a shutdown where people want just preaching and not teaching. I want to be taught of God. Come on. Can you say amen? Can you shout amen? Can I tell you? In a dark time, you know what comes to a man or a woman? What comes to us is how we've been taught. You know, when you're in a fog, and this last year has been a fog, I'll tell you what came, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little, I want to be taught from God. I hear God saying, my ways are higher than your ways. As far as the heavens are above the earth, I want to teach my people. Come on. I want you to say these words with me. Say Pentecost. Pentecost. Now, it's not going to be repeated, but it will be perpetuated. Can I say, if you're a dad in this place, I think you need to bring Pentecost to your children. If you're a mom in this place, you're a single parent in this place, I think you need to bring Pentecost to your children. I think your homes need to be prayer places. If you're a dad, I can tell you, I was not a perfect dad. I give myself a C. I give Becky an A plus of being a parent. And you say, why did you give yourself a seat? Because I I reacted to three boys. You have three boys, he'll turn you from Jesus to Satan in a second. (laughs) But you go ask my sons. Go ask them about the one thing about their dad. My dad is a prayer guy. And our home was filled with prayer. But I can honestly say I also taught my sons when they were little. No, knock that off. The Bible says this. We memorize scripture. Come on, we're going into a precept movement of God. Can I say, I believe children, I believe young people, even our Bible college, I would say the marketplace, I think we need to start teaching people more the Word of God. Pop-up classes in homes at Starbucks, we're going to teach people. Can you say amen? Amen. Now say this with me. Say Pentecost. Pentecost. We're going to be ending. Say Pentecost. Pentecost. Prayer. Prayer. Please, let me just, if that's all it was, those peace. Now, this is what I see. It would be enough power, but there's going to be a precept. America has not been taught in about a decade. And the church's main role is to teach people the way of Christ. Amen? So say Pentecost, prayer, precept. Okay, I'm using another word. I really don't want to use this P word, but I'm going to have to use this P word. But I'll tell you my original word. Now, I want you to get what I get from Joshua before I tell you the P word, all right? And it says, he rose early. That's prayer. And he commanded the people, get this, the Ark of the Covenant, that's presence, that's Pentecost. Then the priests came, that represents prayer, and they put their foot, and that's an act of faith in the Jordan River, and it was flooding. It was the overflow season. It was a real miracle. I've been in the Jordan River, and it's anything but dry. And the waters rolled back, and they stood in the middle. Now, get this, there was a precise order. You couldn't cross, hear me. I'm going to invite the band to come up. You couldn't cross any way you wanted to cross. I'm concerned with some leaders in the nation in California and maybe even the world. They're trying, I think we all sense, and you don't even need to be prophetic to sense, we're standing on the banks of a new era. But you cannot enter this new era any way you want. 
I'm going to give you the non-P word first. There is an order. There is an order. God already has an order. It's not like we have to come up with a new order. And by the way, they didn't go a vertical crossing where it was a straight line like you were when you were in elementary. They were horizontal, shoulder to shoulder to shoulder. In the very center, you had the Ark of the Covenant, which represents God's presence. Then you would have a Levite, then you would have a priest, then you would have a person. Then you would have a Levite, you'd have a leader, and then you would have a person. And three million to two million people crossed over, every one of them. And I believe what we're seeing for the future, it is not just going to be Becky and I, a few pastors and some staff that are going to try to tiptoe through the Jordan River. We all are going to cross over on dry ground. So the P word is this, it's progression. And I found impressive, the Lord spoke to me, said, Jude, a lot of churches in the next year will regress, they will not progress. I said, why? He goes, they're not following my order. He said, there is an order. I said, tell it to me again. He goes, my presence, a priest, a leader. This church is filled with leaders. Sunday morning from our teams to our groups, to our children, to our youth, it's presence, it is priests, it is leader, it is people. We, City Church California, are for the people, by the people, because of the people, because of our God. Can you say amen? amen. And I really do believe that. Now, I'm going to give you the last P in a moment, but you have to get this. My favorite phrase in chapter 3, it says, go after it. Go after it. We got to go after it. We can't be a basketball team. That seems like they're way ahead in the first half. And then the second half, play it safe. I am not going to play it safe. I am going to go after it. I'm going after it. Come on. Oh, you hear how people say, Jesus found me. Yeah, he did. But now I'm chasing after him. And I'm going after God. And I'm going after his presence. Come on. Listen, this is, I'll give you the last P. You know what God said? He said, when you pursue me, you and your people are now going to encounter a new purity. He said, I desire holiness in my church again. He said, as they pursue me, I am going to give them a sovereign, supernatural purity. Our minds will be different. Our activities will be different. Our speech will be different. Our entertainment will be different. We are a holy people. Come on. Get this. This is what he said. He said, when you pursue, you experience purity. But then after purity, I'm going to give the church so much power. I'm going to empower. And this is the last P word. I'm going to give them position. City Church, California, I sense God saying to us that he has given us a new position in California, this nation, in the world. Can you say Amen. I, okay, I want to read one last scripture, and we're going to tie this together. I promise you, buddy. Who will give me one more minute? One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, I got 30 more minutes, amen? 
I want you to go to this. Go to Joshua chapter 4. You may be seated. Online here, Pentecost. It's not being repeated. It's being perpetuated. Who in the world is strong enough to stop Pentecost? It's happening. We just aren't aware of it. But something happened in the last year. And so Pentecost, prayer, precept, progression, that's order, position. Look at Joshua chapter 4, verses 4 and 6. He says, cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. Each one of you, please get this. Each one of you take up a stone on his shoulders according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel. Why? That it may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean? No, hear me. This is where we're at. I stand in the middle of the Jordan with you. And there's some things in the last 10 years, I want to say specifically in the last year, that I took out of the wilderness a wandering journey that could be death of a vision. It could be a broken heart. It could be a shadow valley. Where's your heart aching? Where you're not feeling the presence of the Spirit? And I've taken that stone and I am going to put it in the waters of the Jordan. But in the Jordan, I'm going to take up five stones. Pentecost, prayer, precept, come on, progression and position. And I am going to take them and I am going to place them on the new era that God has already brought us into. Are you with me? So what do you need to leave in the Jordan today? Come on, let's get a fresh baptism. What is baptism? That the old Jew died and the new Jew came alive. That the old city church has passed away. The new city church is alive. Come on. Can you say amen? This is where we end. I need to tell you this. You know what's amazing? Remember in the Gospels, Jesus is walking and they're talking and he's saying, Master, you know, why are you letting them praise you like that? You being a rabbi and just a man, listen what Jesus said. If they remain silent, these stones will outpraise them. Did you get that? Those weren't any rocks. Do you know what rocks where he was talking about? That was the 12 stones that they took out of the river. Can I tell you? In days ahead, when our children are married and they have children, they will begin to talk of these days, this next decade. And they will know that it will bring praise of another generation and magnify our God. And we are not just praising God for the 1,100 that committed their heart to Jesus Christ. We are praising God for the thousands that will commit their heart to Jesus Christ. Come on. Now, get this, get this, and this is where we're in, I promise you. Now, remember when Jesus, some of you don't believe me that I'm ending. Okay, I know, I'm 11 minutes over, my gosh. Get this, remember Jesus got baptized, it was in the Jordan River. In the name of the spot in the Jordan River in Israel where he was baptized is called Bethabara, Beth. And that means place of passage. Jesus Christ was baptized in the exact spot 
where they left wilderness stones in the water. He was baptized, not for his sin, but where your vision died, where you experienced a shadow valley, where your heart and dreams were broken. Jesus went under that water to let you know that I am the passage into the new land. I am a passage into a new life. Come on. I am it. I am it. I'm the Jordan. I'm the way. I'm the passage. Now get this. Kathabara, B-A-R-A in Hebrew. The first time it's mentioned is in Genesis. El, the God of the Hebrews, got might, power, and strength, created the world, Bara, out of nothing. Is something in your life been reduced to nothing? Jesus went into that water. But more into that water, he hung on a cross. And on the third day, he rose into a new era for us and because of us. Can you say amen? Now get this. It says, Bara, God creates something out of nothing. Now, the word B-A-R, Bara, means son, bar mitzvah. You know what God was saying in the beginning? Through my son, I will create all things. City Church, what I see through Jesus Christ, the son, I see God is going to baptize us into a new level. And guess what? You're going to get your land, and I'm going to get my land, and I'm going to get my possessions, and you're going to get yours. And thousands, maybe millions of people will give their hearts to Jesus Christ. Let's clap for the Lord. Amen. I want to ask this. For me, my life was in a wilderness. And it wasn't going anywhere. That 41 years ago, Jesus Christ literally found me. And Becky and I were baptized in Louisiana, in a lake, on the same day, 41 years ago. You say, where is that Jude? He doesn't live anymore. I'm a new Jew, and I left some stones in that water that I do not want to recover. And in COVID, it can make you forget who you became in Jesus Christ. But I reminded myself, those stones are in that water. I am a new man in Jesus Christ. Amen? I want to ask this question today. If you have never fully given your heart to Jesus Christ, we exist that you believe, become, and build. Maybe you believe in God, but you've never said, I want you to be number one in my life. I want you to be Lord. I'm tired of going around in a circle. I want to go in a direction. If that is you right now, I want you to raise your hand wherever you're at. I want to give my whole life to Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, thank you back there, Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10, if you believe in the Lord Jesus and you confess with your mouth that God is raising from the dead and in your heart you believe unto righteousness, you will be saved. If that is you, on the count of three, I want you to just raise your hand. One, two, three, just raise your hand in the auditorium online. Thank you, thank you, clap, stomp, shout, thank you, I see that, thank you, come on. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. Come into my mind. Come into my soul. I thank you, God. You are the Lord of my life. You're number one. And I believe that I am saved forever.
Now I want you to do this. Here in the auditorium and at home, I want you to lift your hands. We right now, we're going after it. We're going after it. We forget the things that are behind. We're going after it. And right now, as an act of faith, I want you to put your foot down. And I want you to envision you're putting your foot into an obstacle, a barrier, a river that's flooding over. And it seems impossible. But right now, the God who created the river is causing that obstacle to roll back from generation to generation to generation. And I come in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and I break every generational bondage. I break every generational curse. And it is rolling back right now. And God, we are going to go after it, priest and leader and people. And we're going in. You took us out, oh Lord, to bring us in in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Someone right now is being freed of an addiction. Someone right now has been overwhelmed with fear and torment in the night. Not any longer. You're in a new season, in a new era. I have a word for someone. God is not through with you. It's only your beginning in Jesus' name. There's someone here. You're like Caleb. You're 80. Maybe you're 60 or 70. God is just beginning. Come on. Our God is taking us in, in the name of Jesus Christ. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.